Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, let's start with our general thoughts on the show. I I love that we both brought this up to our therapist. (laughs) I'll start with that. Welcome to Talking Ship Podcast. We discuss the best and sometimes worst of TV couples. Why they work. Listen to Lizzo, Pam. Come on. Why they don't. I just don't think they belong together. And how we relate. I don't think Issa deserves him. That's the moment that you see that David is in love with Patrick. I must talk about Seth and Summer. You may be in a Logan and Veronica situation if I just like felt like yelling at the screen. Yes! Let's talk ship. Oh, we are back. Five, six, seven, eight. Hello, everyone, and welcome the heck back to Talking Ship Podcast, back from summer hiatus. Everyone, uh, we danced, we drank, we vacationed, we cried in the back of Ubers, uh, we had our hearts just like lightly trampled on, and uh, we watched a lot of TV, and we are back here to talk about it because not all TV went on hiatus. We have some summer TV to talk about and some upcoming, you know, prime fall TV to make predictions about, talk about our hopes and dreams for the ships and the shows. And to do this all with me, I have a hot girl summer icon here with me to host this hot girl summer TV episode. Welcome back, Kat. Oh, thank you so much. Icon feels like... Such a stretch. I feel like I I came into the summer believing I was going to be an icon, and it was a classic Icarus case. (laughs) Very quickly, she flew close to the sun. Powered by Aperol spritzes and just espresso martinis. (laughs) And we are now back in our our lukewarm to mildly chilled summer that we belong in. Yep, yep. The hot... Very comfortable in. Right, right. I would say it's more of like less of hot girl summer and more of like the hot tub in your parents' backyard that they haven't heated up in years and you try to turn on when your friends come over for a party. Correct. It's like the bath, like, <laughs> about, just just about 10 minutes in. Yeah. It's like the bath is, like, so nice for about 10 minutes and then you're like, well, well, all right, I guess this is it. That's just, the summer yeah. I've had. <laughs> which we'll get into later in this episode. We're going to talk about um, which fictional TV characters we think had our hot girl summers who we identify with just to give this exact audience uh, just a vibe. But you know who did the best hot girl summer is uh, Miss Davy from Never Have I Ever and Miss Billy from Sex Life. They sure did. They really did. Triangle and everything. Because I think that's what we wanted. We wanted a triangle for Hot Girl Summer. We did. And instead we got some scattered dots. <laughs> you kind of had a triangle. Of my own. <laughs> of my own. No one else knew about the triangles right. except for me. That's but in fair. my mind, there were triangles. <laughs> in their mind, it was more like a rhombus. I don't know. <laughs> Let's start with Sex Life because I think we'll have the most to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I saw Sex Life episode three timestamp 1950 before uh, before I even watched a, a minute of the show. That was the first thing I saw. That's his dick. Yeah, that's okay. His dick. That's Brad's yeah. dick. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Did you know about that scene before the we watched the series? No. Okay. Um, oh, Hannah, it was just a glorious surprise well, for you. Well, no. Hannah did text me. She's like, I heard there's the best dick shot in all of TV. That's not her voice at all. But. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fiona was texting me. Um, these n- names mean nothing to you, <laughs> listeners, or maybe they do. But she was like, is that real? And I was like, I think it's real. It's not. She looks not. She looks pathetic. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because I know that they had an intimacy coordinator. And I know that, like, I've heard other people talk about their experience with an intimacy coordinator. And they'll even put, like, a sticker on your vagina so it's not your real vagina when you oh, show that. Yeah, you'll there's, like, vagina wigs. Wow. So That's nice. Yeah. But I think for, like, a woman... You know, we're not trying to make a vagina bigger. Like, right? Are you like slightly offended if if someone's putting a prosthetic dick on you that makes it bigger? Oh, that makes it bigger if I'm a guy. Yeah. I mean, if it's that big, (laughs) if it's that big, soft. Yeah. You know. Then you're like, like, all right. Yeah. That that that's just ouch. You know. That's just that that, is that would be too much. Actually, I don't believe that some of the sex positions shown in the show would work with a dick that big. I think you're right. So. Yeah, so. So that's just, some notes today. Yeah, let's, uh, that's our biggest logic problem yeah. with this show. That's actually my only, my only <laughs> logic problem with this show. Everything else very realistic. Perfect. Um, true to text. Um, all right, let's start with our general thoughts on the show. I, I love that we both brought this up to our therapists. <laughs> I'll start with that um, multiple times for me. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe that? I do this podcast and have never asked my therapist, do you watch a TV show? Like, I've never brought up, do you know this episode of Friends? That's where wild. Isn't that weird? Me. I think if you were going to write, like, a fictional version of me, like, if someone's doing a really mean parody of me one day, as, <laughs> you know, many people have justifiable reasons to do so, they would, like, make fun of my therapy sessions of being like, so have you seen Fleabag? Like, do you know the episode of Friends where Ross, where Rachel says, no, Ross, accept that? Like, I think that's, but anyways, this is the first show well, that I really brought up to therapy, her. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> uh, because I think she, I think my therapist is trying to get me to believe in non-monogamy. And I was like, I actually feel like you'd love it. <laughs> And listen, there's no shame in binging, no shame in summer TV. There's no wrong way to binge a TV show, especially a Netflix, uh, basically soft core porn show. But I do think I watched it the wrong way. And then I watched it, A, at home with my parents. At the same time as them? No, but like... I, they in, were, they in were the around. They were that, in the that's vicinity. Still too much. Yeah, it's, it's still, still too much. Too they much. were occasionally walking in. Oh, um, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And and I watched it in between the week in between going to two weddings of like childhood uh, friends uh-huh. and like you know watching them, as Billy would put it, you know, sign their life away. Yep. Just kidding. I think they both are in great marriages and are gonna have a happy life. But it was a really weird time to watch it, which I think is also why I came up in therapy. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Is that why I came up with your therapist? No. Oh, <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. As you as you mentioned, I feel like if I wrote a porn, oh, mm-hmm. so so much I watch porn. Yes. I listen to porn. I listen to Dipsy. Dipsy. <laughs> Please sponsor. Dipsy loves a podcast sponsor. All right. Yeah. I'm that, this would this would be a great sponsor for the mm-hmm. show. Just saying. I feel like if I wrote porn visually, it would be this show. Yeah. You know, like the writing is so on the nose where mm-hmm. it almost feels like a pizza delivery boy. Yes. But in this case, it's like 
my like my dream is to like analyze a guy's issue on yeah. his first date. Be like, mm, no, it's because of your daddy issues. And right. Be like, oh my god, I've never been seen in this way. <laughs> Let me ravage you. Let me take you home to my New York City mansion and rip your clothes off and have like gentle but passionate hot sex and then date you. Right. <laughs> like, All that because is... your emotional maturity turned me on that e- much. Exactly. <laughs> that is that is my and you know like I feel like in another life like all actors we're like amateur therapists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have gone to Columbia grad school for therapy. Totally. I'm from the south. I'm I have Georgia. A, I have a southern mom and a non-southern dad. Mm. So the show it was just like really putting the the fucking knife in in my heart. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I brought up to my therapist is I have this fear that you're either going to end up with someone who's like very passionate or someone who's stable and you can't have both yeah. in one person. And the show was like, yeah, that's correct. You're correct. Yeah. <laughs> Your biggest fear is realized. Sorry, hun. Sorry, Southern Belle. Yeah. That's terrifying. Um, we'll get into the ending and like the message of the show yeah. in a bit. Um, yeah. I mean, I... Again, I watched it in a in a straight up like corny pit blur. Like I just it got to a point where I'll talk about this in a bit. Like I I have I didn't know what episode I was on. I didn't know like how long the episodes were. I was just like in it and like like my vibrator was in the next room and I was like, Don't, Megan, you can't you can't just grab it and sit here and watch. But to that point, like I actually think so much of why women are connecting to the sex so much is like very intentional and like amazing in a lot of ways. The show is created by a woman. It's all female directors and in all, I think of like an almost all female writing room. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. And she was, they would like listen to this interview with Stacey Ruskier. She's the creator of Unreal. Did yes. you watch that show? Yes, yes. I knew. And because he was on Unreal, the guy who plays Brad was on Unreal. Who was he in Unreal? Was he one of, he was one of the bachelors? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's incredible. In it, yes. Of course. Yeah. Ugh. That yeah. show. But the to- totally the same show. It, yes. Yes. Correct. And um, chaotic. chaotic and troubled brunettes. And unsettling. Yes. <laughs> and troubled tiny brunettes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they specifically, you know, wrote the sex scenes, directed the sex scenes, had an intimacy coordinator because they wanted to focus the sex scenes on like a woman's pleasure. Mm. And they like objectify men somewhat very obviously, as we spoke to in episode three, 1950. Um, yep. <laughs> and like, I mean, and it like the way women on TikTok, I knew about the show because of TikTok, like because of Instagram reels of people talking about that scene. And I was like, that's the same thing like guys in 80s movies do with like, what timestamp are their boobs? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's like in, um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, her like coming out of the pool yes. in slow motion. Like that is what this whole show is. <laughs> it's just like that scene for women. For women. Yes. And like a lot of the sex scenes, just like the positions they were in, the way they focus so much on like mm-hmm. clitoral stimulation, like men, men should watch the show to take fucking notes. Like the- seriously, I've never seen a man go down on a woman so, so much. much. <laughs> The the risk, it's always like high risk, high reward, yes. like the train tracks. Oh yeah. I mean I would never, but it would be so hard. <laughs> oh that's God. and that's the on the nose of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. We're literally gonna have that sex on train tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And we'll get into this in a bit, but I do appreciate this idea of exploring the different sides of a woman mm-hmm. and how she expresses them or connects to them, especially through romantic partners. Yes. Yeah. Whereas I feel like I've done that where I'm like, oh, I'm like this person with this romantic partner, yeah. especially sexually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I appreciate it for that. And like showing, you know, she does love those kids. You know what I mean? She does right. like need like and she 
really like oh my god in the casting of that tiny little child they were like let's find the most pitiful little boy i know <laughs> i know yeah although some freudian issues my god oh yeah well already with that little boy <laughs> he's, he's like witness something yeah he's like mommy you're so beautiful it was just like a little like okay <laughs> it was like a little again on the nose again on the nose yeah <laughs> Something I did come back to again and again, and like again, I love the whole message of like this. I think it's very real. Women need different, uh, have different sides of themselves, and need different things, and are oppressed into wanting certain things, and you know their rage is suppressed. But at certain points, I did find it hard to feel sorry for her because she didn't get married like that young. You know, like it, it she it made it feel like she was like in her late twenties when yeah. she got married. Yeah, and. And she was, well, because she was already getting her PhD when she met Coop. And I was like, I just feel that she should have known her earlier how important this part of her life was her was to her. Like, again, on the nose, she's literally getting, she's getting her PhD in sex. You know what I mean? Right. That is what her dissertation is on. Right. Is on sex. And like, yes, yeah, she makes it on like sex and monogamy and how important that is. But like. If you're someone who literally is devoting your life to the study of sex and how it affects your happiness, you probably should know earlier on that the sex isn't good. And like the conversation she and Coop have about sex and like the way she essentially coaches him through it should have happened earlier. And I don't know how they didn't. Like she's not so young that she doesn't know how to talk about her feelings. Yeah, I agree. She knows herself pretty well. I agree. Yeah. And like maybe, yeah, like maybe it was like, okay, you just go to, like, the exact opposite after, like, a traumatic breakup. But at the same time, she would have a little bit more self-awareness. You would hope. Especially if you're someone who's, like, literally studying psychology. Right. Right. I don't know, but maybe that's what they were trying to bring in with, like, the Georgia upbringing. Yeah, that's true. You know? Where it's like, oh, maybe that was this part of my life. Right. But... It's not something that I can have long term. Yeah. Yeah. Or like it's not something I can equate to marriage. Right. I wish we had seen more of that. I wish we had seen more of like her struggle with society and her upbringing and wanting. Because the whole time I was kind of like, I don't really know. Like I didn't think she wanted the house in the suburbs. Right. At all. I like I I don't know. I wish we had seen that pull from her a little bit more. Agreed. Uh, before okay, before we get into Cooper versus Brad, any other yeah, uh, my stray thoughts yeah. um, on this <laughs> that I just am gonna throw in here, and you can edit out for time if you need. Um, number one, I love the Casamigos brand placement. Uh, do you think George Clooney sponsored? I mean, <laughs> it was so present and yeah. so clear. Which, like, look, I put Casamigos in all my scripts too. I have That's a special so bond to Casamigos because I hooked up with someone, um, not George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> <Someone Zuma> report. <laughs> Someone attached to Casamigos, don't sue me. Um, not any of the main ones. Is this guy the plane? Yeah, yeah, plane guy. Oh my god! Yeah, I, he, I guess together. he was kind of my Brad, to be honest. To be honest, <laughs> to bring it all in, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, I mean, now you know he's sober and compost and is getting married. But so can they change? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, um, number two. Okay, her friend, her best friend. Has had the wildest sex for years and has never, never been choked. choked. I died over that too. I'm sorry. What? She I was like, you don't go down on somebody against a pinball machine and never get choked. Guys go to choking nowadays. I feel like guys will go That's to choking play. before anything else. <laughs> yeah. I got choked on the fucking dance floor at Ponyboy the other day. <laughs> I was like, oh, you and I, I think, think I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Right. I was like, oh, you just like 
went for it. It happened. Yeah, it yeah. happened with Dead Friend Guy too, where I was like, does something about my face just say like, I love, I love you know? They're like, look at this strong woman. I know what she really wants. Like they know that nowadays. Yeah, and yeah. she's a strong woman. So yep. you're right. It's not realistic. Yeah, that that part really threw me. Also, of course, why did she not password protect her computer? Oh my god. Oops, I just fell asleep. (laughs) Maybe there are truly like 10 plots in the universe and one of them is like, I read your diary and now I'm mad. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Um, One thing I did want to talk about with this show is that something she brings up and I don't really know where it fits in the conversation, but I'll just bring it up now, is um, she talks about a lot of her sex drive is needing to feel desired. Yeah. And that is my, do you remember when we took that quiz from Shan Boudran yeah. of like, what's your language of desire? And again, so much could be solved just through some communication before you move right. into a house together. Right. If you haven't taken this quiz, it's Shan Boudran's quiz. She's a sexologist and she has similar to love languages, but it's more like what's her sex language? Like what turns you on? And you do a whole quiz. And for some people, it's like emotional connections. For some people, it's intent, like, um, being stimulated by someone's intelligence for some people it's environment like candles and music and my personal one is like feeling desired like I am turned on when I know that you want me so maybe people aren't wrong about choking <laughs> I mean that's like obviously that like very first scene that's what sets it up when he's like so excited and she's like oh he's like excited to see me and it's the child mm-hmm. and it's you're like, right oh this is the whole this is what we're about yeah. to explore is right. he's lost like feeling like Oh, she's like a sexual being yeah. and she's more like my roommate. Right. And it feels a little early in the marriage to Yeah, but also a little they've like, had two kids. They've had two kids, but I'm also like they said I think that she mentioned something like they've been together for eight years. And I was like, is this the first time has this been going on for eight years? Right, right. Or is this the first time this is coming up in eight years? Right. It just again, like, I feel like it was maybe more fixable than it seemed yeah okay but that leads nicely let's go into brad versus cooper okay let's start with cooper (laughs) i knew this would happen because you're anti-cooper yeah (laughs) yeah this is the most we've disagreed is i know so yeah both yeah honestly was not rooting for cooper once at all not really. Like, okay, yes, the episode where he he did take her to the concert and then mm. they broke into the house. Yeah. I was like, okay, this could be, this is hot. He's really trying. He's trying. He mm. is trying. But it was like, I felt like that was like a one-time thing. And then mm. they were like, okay, we're good now. Yeah. I just like, I don't really see what made her love him. Like, they didn't really, unless maybe that's a critique of the show. That they didn't explore that well. Enough. Yeah. It's like he made her salmon. <laughs> and like provided a house well in the suburbs and was like stable yeah well and i think that's like she talks about it specifically of like um after brad and after like she talks about all the people well maybe she was really just talking about brad but she kind of alludes to a lot of the people that like fucked her up and broke her hearts and then there's a like a montage of her crying on the streets of new york which i was like <laughs> relatable yeah and then she found him and he was so safe and stable and i think that that i think that that in a lot of ways is really super valid to like find somebody i think at the end of the day i wouldn't want any of my friends to end up with somebody not stable like i'd want i want I all agree. of my friends to feel safe in love right but i just feel <clears throat> like 
it was almost like I do feel like he was a rebound. Yeah. Like she needed to like have the stable one then to then evolve to someone who can give her both. Yeah. I wish that they had done a little bit more of like their early love story and these Me moments too. where they really seem in love because in her, I think she's just like a great actor. Um, but I think there are some moments in her acting where she's like, no, I love Cooper. And I'm like, I believe you. That's like, true. I believe that you really love him. Cooper does have rough moments. Like he's such a whiner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, such a fucking whiner. A very real thing with guys like Cooper who are, like, perfectionists, mm-hmm. like, is that they get a little obsessive and they get a little touchy when they get criticized. Yeah. And so he gets obsessed with, like, was I just the safe choice? And and right. I think that's what bothered me of, like, he took the note at the very beginning. He right. was like, you want to feel desired? Like, I'll do it. Like, uh, and I'll, I'll do this uh, grand event. He can take a note. You know, and right, then he right. like goes, he goes down on her and I'm like, okay, clearly he can do it. Right. That was another thing with the show. I was like, clearly you, you, she comes back and she's wet and right. happy and like had a great night. She's like, thank you to her friend. So it's like, clearly he can fuck. Right. But then he just, such a man, like just could be like, well, like she still said something on her diary and I'm all pissed off about it now and I'm not going to try again. And I was like, is that realistic? Like, I don't know. I, I think though realistically I would hope that someone like that would try again and I think but I think you're maybe they needed him to not try again to like continue the plot yeah but it's also like then he's now changing see now it's like he has to change because does he because I don't know how much he enjoys it yeah that's the thing and he's like I think he's maybe a bit judgy of her her desire for sex. Oh, you're right about that. Because he's like, you want like all this crazy sex, and I don't think she does. No, because like when she, he takes her to the sex party, she's like, this, this is isn't too it. much. This isn't what well, I want. Yeah, he definitely shames her for it, which was like a huge theme of the show is like shaming women for their sexuality. Yeah. And he says something like, "Oh, well, you like sex clearly more than I do." Right. And I was like, "Oh God, if anyone said that to me, I'd fucking murder them." Yeah. But then again, I was like. He did like the sex party. You know what I mean? So, like, he does have, like, a kinky side. Right. But they're just not compatible. <sighs> their their sexual ke- yeah. chemistry is just, like, off. But then that was the thing about her. I was, like, she, like, she On totally... On both of their Yeah, ends. both of their, like, she they're shot him down at the party. Where I was, I was, like, I agree, like, maybe if you're, like, easing into a sex party, like, this moment. And they, like, you know. The way they shot it is like everyone's eyes are on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, all right. Yeah. I was like, I understand why in this, you know, the that's how probably it felt to her. But I was like, I just, I think they could have worked it. I think that in the non like cinematic universe, in the real world, if you had a coop, I really do think like they could have worked it out. Um, and I, I think I'm team coop because first of all, I have small breasts and there's nothing I can do about it. And so when he looks at that guy's dick, I was like, I feel like at one point in my life, I will feel that kind of comparison to another girl's breasts. Um, and I like, I do appreciate that he was ready to take notes and he proved that he could take the feedback and give head because of that whole night. And I just appreciate someone who's not naturally gifted, but a really good student, you know, where he's like, I'm going to put in the effort I guess you're right, though, in that he only does put in the effort once. I just think, like, in the real world, someone who's, who is like that, who is that invested in the marriage, I guess I would hope if you are relating to her in any way and you think you have a real-life coop, I would hope that your real-life coop takes the note more than once, like, tries more. I think he just, like, is bad and gets frustrated. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, it is that, like, nice guy syndrome a bit. Yeah. 
where it's like, I, but I, and oh, I tried, you know, and like, oh, I'm never going to be as good as this guy. Mm-hmm. And look, like, I think in real life, I don't know why they're not in couples therapy. Truly. Again, mm-hmm. like she is a therapist. Go to couples <laughs> therapy. Because I think, you know, I was listening to Glennon Doyle's podcast mm-hmm. and they did an episode on sex and it was incredible. I highly recommend. And her sister, who they just call sister, mm-hmm. talks about in her first, well, number one, that episode really made me wish I was gay. But number two, she talks about in her first hetero marriage, how she felt like she wanted sex more mm-hmm. and how that that is such a lonely, shameful place that's oh. not talked about and to not be desired by your husband and I think they could have done a better job of showing that place yeah. more than, like, the first episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I think so quickly, we that maybe they wanted us to root for him a little bit, but yeah. so quickly, he's, like, reads the diary and he's like, okay, let me try I'll do this. this. Yeah, I'll try, yeah. But I don't know. Again, couples therapy, be, because I don't know if, if, I don't know if their relationship has run its course. That's true. You I, know? And again, that's why I think it really was a fixable problem had they not gotten to like their conclusion so quickly yeah so how bad do you think he was do you think he was that bad at sex no i think it was just like i do think it's more the desire yeah i think like the sex was fine but he just wasn't like desirous yeah. and like ravenous right in right. the same way that brad always was yeah but how quickly would that fade, you know, if she was I with know. Brad? I know. But let's talk about Brad. Why are we here for Brad? Well, why are you here for Brad? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here um, for Brad, too. But, like, yeah. Obviously, that timestamp. Right. I mean, hello. <laughs> Coital alignment technique. Any sort of technique. Listen, a man who studies. <laughs> Had to look that one up. Never done that. It's a real thing, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you done it? No. Okay. <laughs> because, again, well, well, we'll get into our hot girl summer, but no. <laughs> Also, my fantasy of a man playing me guitar is <laughs> that exact fantasy where it's not like, and now I'm going to get up with my acoustic guitar, but it's like he's kind of forced into he's it. He's forced into it. And he's like, I secretly play the guitar, but I don't want any credit for it. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm going to sing this song for you, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to single you out, but you're just going to know it's for you. And then yes. I'm going to tell you afterwards it was for you. And I have an incredible voice. <laughs> that is that is the grand gesture I would like. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, look, Brad is a shit and there are a lot of shitty times i just think and maybe this is again like a problem of the show but mm-hmm. i feel like they showed more of the good times and like yeah. really good times really good times i think those outweighed the bad times the abortion was very very bad yeah. and that would be very very that's my biggest thing that would be really hard to work through mm-hmm. and that would again probably require some couples counseling absolutely And, okay, look, in real life, I do not believe someone like Brad could resolve his daddy issues that she just happened to diagnose date one. Day one. So neatly, just tied it up with a bow. I met my my dad and we connected. And we connected and I was with him till the end of his life. Yeah. But if that happened and now he has changed and to be finally the man that she wanted him to be, Mm -hmm. and she pictures their whole life where they're in Italy on the balcony and her babies are still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would leave my husband for that if he actually changed. If he actually changed. But here's my thing. And again, maybe this is like a problem a problem with the plot. I think that like, I don't think that was the only issue with someone like Brad. Because also like, he is chaotic the whole time. I think the way that he like 
was texting her when she asked him not to, the way that he FaceTimed her while he was having sex with I her know. friend in order to but get him. But she liked it. But there was so much that was like, that's still toxic I behavior. Know, I know. And like, you know, invasive of her friend's privacy. And like, I love that her friend was like, I don't give a fuck how I look. I know. Like, I, know. <laughs> I would do that for you. No, thanks. Same. <laughs> but mostly, I think my problem is that like, I think the character of Brad gasses up this, like, very flammable fantasy we all have that, like, the guy who has a lot of, quote, damage that we diagnose because we love to diagnose. Well, you know, my type that I recently found out is a a bad boy who's been through the 12 steps. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) We'll have to unpack that later. Unpack that. Um, Yes. And so we think that they're going to change and they're going to come back and they're going to want us. And I don't think, like, in real life, he, or even on the show, like, even on the show, like, I don't think he was ready for the Italy fantasy. And I think that's why it was still a fantasy. Like, I think all of that was, like, best case scenario. But he was still, like, erratic and emotionally unstable. And that girl in the recording studio was like, I see your pain. I didn't really fully understand where in the timeline that girl was. If that was modern day or back or whatever. And... uh, There's just some toxic traits that, like, I think I am a really big believer in, like, forgiveness and that people do change because we can't, like, write off. I think we have a culture of, like, writing off certain people completely because they did one thing to us or our friends. And I do think people can grow and change. But he has so many things he does badly that I'm like, I just don't actually believe that he's ready for the Italy fantasy. Yeah. And, I mean, I do think it's very toxic to put in our minds this idea of, like, he only would change for her. Yeah. Because if he really did all of this change, like, then he could bring that to a new relationship. Yeah, exactly. But he's only willing to do that for Billy. Yeah. And, like, right, that's, like, our fantasy, right? (laughs) Right. He will change, but only for me. Well, yeah, it was written for a female lens. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, that is the porn aspect of it, right? right? Where it's, like, that's what's, it's, like, Mm. where, like, these, like, huge boobs and and crazy, like, moans and sex positions are unrealistic for For men. men. This emotional, I'm going to choose you out of everyone and only you, and I'm only going to change for you, is emotionally masturbated. They're like, <laughs> for he, women. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to stimulate your clit, and I'm going to tell you that you were right about my emotional unavailability. <laughs> God, no wonder I wanted to grab my vibrator. <laughs> Let's talk about the ending Ugh. and what we think about the ending. Just, okay, just anecdotally. Yeah. Like I said... I just, like, got lost in a hole while watching this show. I think the last five episodes I watched truly in a row. Me and too. I forgot how many episodes there were. I don't remember if there were, like, eight or ten. Because, mm. you know, with these short seasons, mm-hmm. you, you don't really know. And I, like, lost track of the timestamps. I have no idea when the episode is ending. I'm just in a, a horny hole. And so at first I thought him proposing was the cliffhanger. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, we're getting a season two. Let's hope. And then I thought the episode with the sex party was going to be the final episode. And I thought we were near the end. And I was like oh, maybe we're going to kind of, like, wrap this up in a nice bow. And, like, the conclusion is that, like, they're going to find a kind of, like, sex-positive, explorative, like, kind of kinky fun thing that they both like. And and then I was really upset the way that sex party episode ended. And I was like, justice for fucking Trina. I know. Who, who like, had kind of... She was... A, well, whatever. She was problematic in other ways. But, like, I was like, that couple kind of figured kind of figured it their out. shit out. Yeah. That's what they needed. Yeah. And I love when she had the moment she was like, thanks to your fucking husband, my world just got a little bit smaller. Yeah. That phrase will stick Ooh, with me for a while. Same. Um, But I did the actual ending. I did not 
see that coming. Wow. Like when she, I thought it was all, again, I didn't know how many minutes were left in the episode. I thought it was all over. And then we flash forward to like, um, uh, her book signing. And then I was like, oh, this is where we're going. We're going yeah. in that like, oh, this wraps up in a bow, but it actually doesn't. That was giving me like such, an, I was feeling like, I was feeling her claustrophobia in that book reading. I know. Yeah. And there are things I love, like there are things I love about the ending, about just like this argument of like the 85-15 and, and is yeah. like, I guess the conclusion is that that is real, that somebody can only give you 85%. Yeah. I really do think this idea, like, I do think she was trapped in the suburbs. Like, seeing those other moms, the way she didn't fit in, like, I do I, I do not think she wanted that life. I think she wanted the kids. Right. And I think this idea of, like, female rage and desire needing to be curbed by society is, like, very real. And then listening to that whole Esther Perel episode um, on Girls Gotta Eat that we both recently listened to about monogamy and my therapist always saying that, like, you know, one person... Maybe can't, like, fulfill all those needs for you. Like, right. that's a very real thing. And so I was like, logically, I really do understand all of this. It just still, like... Emotionally. Emotionally, I was like, no! <laughs> My only thing, because I do think non-monogamy works for a lot of people. And I think that, like, open marriages work for a lot of people. The only thing that I, like, wish this show had solved to make that argument better is that he still, still clearly wasn't okay with it. Coop wasn't okay with yeah, it. Yeah. Like, I think we're supposed to believe he knows she's doing it because he's tracking her on, like, a family app. Like, it didn't look like a creepy way he was tracking her. But do you think that she was, like, already just linked to the app? I got the sense that it was, like, not her running away to, like, cheat on him, but it was, like, a Coop, I'm sorry, I need this. Because he... I don't okay. know. Apparently, it's not a... They're, like, the creator's hoping there's a season two. Yeah. I thought he knew about it. And, like, she was like, I'm sorry, I need this. We're now on this mutual... Because why didn't he have the tracking app? Before. Before. That's a good point. And... But he seems so, like, upset when he called his boss. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know if I'm okay. Yeah. I think that's But he just seemed, like, surprised by it. Yeah. Unless he was surprised by his emotion. Unless he was surprised by not being okay Or surprised by her choice. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're right. to me, like, it was at least... It was at least the first time it was happening. Definitely the first time it was happening. So... I get, it, it felt unclear to me if they'd had a conversation about it or not. That's fair. And maybe that's what we'd get a season two about. Yeah. But my other thing is, even, like, Brad, Brad fully wanted the whole package. I agree. I don't think it's fair to Brad. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's being a little selfish, to be honest. <laughs> like, I get it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what freaked me out, was mm-hmm. it, it does seem to be saying, yeah, you can't have both. Right. And you're not going to find a situation that's fair to everybody in which you have both. Right, right. Look, I, this is what I was telling, and this is what I was telling my therapist today, like, I agree with you that, like, non-monogamy works for a lot of people. I think monogamy does go against our biology Mm -hmm. and our evolution, like, it just kind of does. But, like, I happen to believe in it Mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. So seeing this, I was like, no, right. Right. Because I think she believed in monogamy so much. Mm -hmm. That's what's upsetting, is that her whole thing was, like, it is possible with the right person. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and that that is what also reminds me of that Esther Perel episode where she's like, you're going to have multiple relationships. It just might be with the, the same, same person. person. Yeah. So that's like my argument for monogamy mm-hmm. is like, yeah, it's not, it's with the same person, but it is still multiple relationships. Yeah. 
And I, and I think that's like when we, we were the sex party moment, I was like, I thought for a moment we were going to get that ending where Coop was willing to go into like right. marriage 2.0 with her. Right. And to right. be this like in the sex positive marriage yeah. where they both understand that. But I think they're just trying to make a different point. Yeah. The song at the end has been stuck in my head. For what song months. is it? And never stop this But she's like running. I love a running song. There are certain running songs that also get stuck in my head. Like in um we're gonna a wonderful transition in uh that movie with Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson. Um, oh, where she's like late the right night, late night. Yeah, uh, there's that light on by Maggie Rogers is like oh. the running up the stairs song, mm-hmm. which is like really misplaced. Mm-hmm. But I did um, listen to it while like biking the other day. And nice. I was like, I'm on a minute. I'm on a journey. I love that. <laughs> I'm on an emotional journey. Okay, back back to it. Let's talk about Never Have I Ever. I just do you feel like this TV show? There are certain moments where I was like, oh, I feel like I'm watching Lizzie McGuire. Like the show was written. Do you think it's written for teenagers or do you think it's written for adults? Well, that's so true. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also like, we're saying Gen Z things, but in a way to be like millennials. Yeah. (laughs) These are like the new Gen Z things. Yeah. And I know that like a lot of kids TV shows are written like for parents too, but I don't feel like, like Lizzie McGuire, like That's So Raven. Like I think those kind of shows of our era were not meant for parents. Agreed. But I don't know. Maybe they were looking back. Anyways, in the moment, I was just kind of like, was that a joke for me or was that a joke well, for the Well, and the whole narrator. Yeah, that's definitely a joke for us. Like, those kids don't know who Andy Samberg is. Yeah. But I do. <laughs> Anyways, let's start with our general thoughts before we get into another triangle debate. Yeah, we, we, lo- we love the triangle. We also just, like, we love these female triangles. Like, it's, yeah. uh, it's time, you know? Like, as much as I love a Seth Cohen, we did not need, and it, that he was of his time, that mm-hmm. was, but we didn't need another sensitive fuckboy being like, mm, two girls like me, what do I do? Yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. been liked before. But I liked the, like, we never really see, like, an un, like a kind of, like, dorky, unpopular girl yeah. be liked by two guys who are very different. Very different. And I, I liked a lot because I think, like, even though whatever these kids are supposed to be in high school, <laughs> I do think that there are real life Ben's and real life Paxton's. Yes. Like even just so much of this uh, season like comes down to that narrator voiceover where he was like, Ben risked it all to drive her to the beach to spread her dad's ashes and saved the day. But Paxton left her a voicemail. And you're like, when a fuck boy or even just like a hot lazy boy. Yep. Uh, a pre-fuck boy is just a hot lazy yeah. boy before you realize you can be a fuck boy. Um, when they put, like, minimal effort, like, one ounce of effort, we take it as, like, a boombox outside the window. You know what I mean? For a guy that oh. always texts back K to leave a voicemail, I would talk about that, too. I'd be like, you don't understand. He doesn't text at all. But he initiated a text conversation with My me. My hot comic fuck boy. Mm-hmm. That was why I was like, do I like you? Because he, he literally, like, gave me a hug and kissed me soberly. And I was like, <laughs> and told me that I'm the type of girl you take to dinner. You're even like- though he didn't take me to dinner. <laughs> I'm just that type of girl, but I was like, oh my God, he's so nice. He loves me. <laughs> yeah, the bar is low for mm-hmm. the for hot men. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also, I love the pros and cons list. 
it's so high school, like, the trying to, like, rationally, Uh I did so many pros and cons lists, but also, like, I wrote a manifesting list this summer, so... Who's to say? Yeah, we really evolved. Yeah. yeah. I really do love, like, uh, there are so, like, uh, Davy, Jane the Virgin, Rory Gilmore, like, so many. They're like, how do we make this female lead lovable? Let's make her a classic pro-con list person. Yeah. Like, the friends are always like, a pro-con list? You? Classic. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, part of their personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're only lovable on TV if it's, uh, if that's part of your personality. Yeah. I also love to see her fuck up so much. Yeah, that's great. And then Mindy Kaling, I think, does that really well in her writing. Yeah. It's, like, making me. Because she really does become unlikable yeah, in no, the second episode. Mm-hmm. And it made me think, like, oh, God, I made so many, like, unlikable choices in high mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. So I posed this question to you. Mm-hmm. If you were in her position, what do you see as most likely that you'd have two boyfriends at the same time? Mm-hmm. This is both to you now and in high school. <laughs> that, okay, you have two, one, you have two boyfriends at the same time. Mm-hmm. Two, you cheat on your boyfriend with your second guy. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the isosceles part of the triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or three, that you come in and cheat, like, you're the siren. You know I'm the siren. <laughs> like, you don't. So what does that make me? Like, the Paxton? I don't know who that makes me, but, like, you know I'm a siren, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess you're Davy when Ben kisses her in the car. And yeah, and he's still in the relationship. With, with Shira. Right, because I will always make a narrative about me. I will always make myself the center of a narrative. <laughs> like... Much main like character energy. Yeah, main yeah. character energy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I will cool. say I had a moment at a wedding this summer where I, whatever, was flirting with a... Yes, you were. <laughs> kind of a flop. But I was like, I'm <laughs> literally, you're the only option here. Fair. And then the next day, his like ex-girlfriend, it was like a three-day wedding event. But like on the s- second day of the wedding weekend, his like ex-girlfriend came and my friend was like, just so you know, like this is the energy and she came in and she was like very main character energy mm, about him mm-hmm. and I was like oh this is this is your narrative I don't need this flop that badly yep. but you clearly need this <laughs> yeah. so I will buy, I will take the fun yep. side character role when I don't care that much yeah there we go that's a step up step back thing you know it's the classic theater training <laughs> We love that. Putting that degree to use. Exactly. <laughs> Every day. And, uh, you know, I love that also they always come back. They the show really back. hits that. And they do. They always come back. That's right. You just got to keep doing your thing and just being. Just being you. Just being. I met a 50-year-old woman on a train the other day. And she told me that her husband moved away. Or mo- or she told me that her husband found a woman who, like 15 years younger very quickly. Mm-hmm. And she was like. I was like, wow, how did he move on so quickly? And then, you know, now he's trying to come back. He's knocking on my door. <laughs> like 15 years later, he's always telling my son, like, oh, you know, like, I want to talk to your mom. Like, wh- how's your mom doing? She's like, you know, they always come back. So how did you get into this conversation? Oh, and what train <laughs> ride were you on? <laughs> was this like three stops on the L or were you like, this here? was transferring from the NQR to the L. She asked me something about a bus going to Crown Heights. And I was like, honestly, I don't no know. No idea about a bus going to and Crown And then we Heights. just, and then she asked me something else. And then we kept chatting and she was like, do you smoke? And I was like, oh, um, sometimes. And she's like, yeah, I could tell your eyes. So I was like, no, 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 I didn't today. And she's like, oh, your eyes are red. I was like, oh, hot yoga. And she was like, oh, your pupils are dilated. And I was like, oh, I practice next to my crush. (laughs) (laughs) 
wow, she really cut to the core. She, yeah, she did. And then she's talking about her son. I was like, is he single? Yeah. And then she's showing me a picture and he's like, hot. She's like showing me this picture. He wasn't single, but she's showing me this picture. He's like shirtless. And I was like, why, why is that this picture? Why is that the picture you have? <laughs> it was a whole, it was like a weird. Wow. I always get myself in these situations. You really do. You're, you're, you're interacting with strangers. Everyone in New York's not dead. Just <laughs> let that be a lesson. Yeah, truly. Okay. Let's talk about Ben versus Paxton. Let's start with Paxton. Okay. Here are my pros in my, my pro con list mm-hmm. for Paxton. <laughs> you're so likable. <laughs> It's just part of me, you know? <laughs> it's classic cat. Um, okay, one, watching him change. Mm. Like, wow, we, we love a man who evolves. We really do. Especially when this includes a desire to develop his intellect. Uh-huh. Hot and connect with his, his family. Oh, my God, I love a family man. I love a, oh, my God, a man who loves his grandpa. Wow, and it's, like, an appropriate, like, it's, like, not, like, a, like him loving his mom. Right, right, right. Like, a grandpa love. That's yeah. very sweet. That's hot. That's, and that's part of the, yeah, it's very hot. Mm-hmm. Also, like, the hashtag desire factor. I mean, talk about desire. My oh God. Oh, my God. When he sneaks in wet to Davy's room and they make out for hours to heat waves. Again, perfect song placement. Yes. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so turned on. They're way too young to be turning me on this much. But also, to our defense, he is 30. Okay. Yeah, that does make me feel He better. is 30 <laughs> to make us feel better. Okay. Also, I want to talk about that scene where they just randomly have him shirtless and sawing and just, like, <laughs> wet. And then I thought it was going to lead to something. Like, I thought it was going to... I was like, oh, he's going to be a carpenter. <laughs> like, thinking it had anything to do with the plot. You know what? Never mind. The show is meant for adults, too. The yeah, show is yeah. meant for millennials. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That was just for us. Yeah. Yeah. They... And, and this is the... Well, also in The Girls Gotta Eat, where they interview Matthew Hussey, mm-hmm. I think they have this big chemistry. Yeah. Like, their chemistry is, like, so apparent. Mm-hmm. But, okay, well, before I get to my cons, you okay. go. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think their chemistry is very apparent and one of those things that, like, logically doesn't make sense. I weirdly, I weirdly might be Team Paxton, and I, I think that's very against, you know, yeah. a lot of what I stand for, um, because... I stand for Jewish men and valedictorian energy. You do. Um, But I think Paxton, okay, Paxton spent the season after the whole big drama in the first couple episodes working on himself and, you know, the hashtag self-improvement is very uh, admirable. Then when he real, like this fully realized new version of himself turns out like supported Davey and who, and this newly realized version of Davey versus Mm. like, Ben got, like, caught up in kind of, like, the petty energy of being mad at Davey. Mm. And, like, versus Paxton didn't get at, caught up in it for a bit at the beginning. But then, mm-hmm. like, you know, sister helped him, like, cut, and that's why men with sisters. True. Also uh, something to look for. Yeah. Um, she kind of called him out. And then he was genuinely interested in being, a vet, in being a better version of himself. Anyway, I feel like we say this all the time, but, like, you got to do you, and then that will attract the right person. And I think, like... In him working on himself, then he became a more in touch with his authentic feelings, which then happened True. to be for Davy. I do agree with all of that, but my my big cons with Paxton, number one, his friends. Friends do suck. And like you know how much I want to date someone with good friends. With good friends, yeah. The double dates, mm-hmm. the group hangs. You know, sometimes it keeps me around a guy even longer than I should because they have good friends. Right. I do think a guy with shitty friends in his 
late 20s, early 30s is more of a red flag than true, guy with shitty true. friends. <laughs> it's high school. It's high school. It's high fair school. enough. Fair enough. Most men have shitty friends. That's very true. But truly, if a guy in his 30s still has shitty friends, that is like huge a huge red flag. Huge red flag. Huge red flag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, it's just like, I feel like they have, like, their conversations are a bit surfacey. I feel like they have more chemistry over connection, mm. whereas I feel like Ben, which again could be me rooting for the little Jewish boy, you know, from a rich, broken home, so he, he just needs to solve his emotional problems, but can mm-hmm. still provide for you fina- financially. I think they have, I think they do have chemistry. Yeah. And I think they have connection. I, like their banter. And like that's hard to deny. Yeah, yeah, and that's like banter. The a bit of banter. Banter. (laughs) You gotta. They're just. It's he's a bit of me. (laughs) I just think Ben's a bit of her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he got a little more hurt in the beginning because he was like, "I'm gonna do the right thing. I'm gonna break up with Shira. I'm here. I'm ready to be your boyfriend. Very publicly. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to be your boyfriend." And then she does chase after Paxton. Right. So I think he gets burned harder. And then he still feels like he's still kind of like lingering around in the group. And yeah, he doesn't handle it like so well. Mm. And I do feel like him dating like her new good friend is like so obnoxious. Mm -hmm. But it's also like it's a high school. It's a small pool, you know. I mean, my friend hooked up with the same guy uh, as me at Ponyboy a couple weekends ago. That pool was not that small. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it happens. He lied. She didn't see it. It's fine. I Okay. The reason I think I connect with Ben a lot, which is maybe why I am not team Ben, because I hate myself. Oh, my God. Let's take that to therapy. Um, uh, Thank God I have it tomorrow morning. Um, I, okay, because I, you know, also was a valedictorian. And um, I am very petty. And I think that if somebody did this to me and then followed the other girl out of the party... I would also have obsessive thoughts about it. And I would also spend the next few months of the school year trying to ruin this person's life. And like, I'd be the Ben. I'd do what Ben did. I would clearly not be over it, but be super petty and probably try to date his friend and get a fake tattoo and tell him off in a very dramatic way and get so caught up in my pettiness that I am not in touch with the fact that like, I genuinely care about this person. And I lose, I like, I lose the guy. Yeah. You know, and I think that like, while maybe long term, like if I think we're, I hope we're getting another season. I assume we're getting another season. I probably she does end up with Ben because I think like they are. I think you're right. They do have the chemistry and the connection. Mm-hmm. But I like that for this season he didn't get what he wanted because he got super caught up and just being like petty and hurt and um, yeah. you know wasn't focused on bettering himself, but instead was just focused on like getting back at her you know yeah i think he needed to maybe witness this Mm -hmm. to then for them to like come together and like maybe it is good for her to have like see this is this is the point where like i think like paxton is like a brad Mm -hmm. right and so i think she needs to like go have that experience yes but i think i hope that her and ben's chemistry will be better than billy and and cooper Mm mm-hmm that is my hope and my wish. Right. In order for her to not eventually be a Billy, she exactly. has to have some Paxton time. Yeah. And that is my big fear that I don't have I don't have a Paxton Brad. And mm. so when I meet my Ben Cooper. You can't you're gonna be like, no. 
you're going to be an emotionally distant man who's like, I haven't, I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll have a Paxton bread. Yeah. I'm not worried. I've, I've had, I've had dalliances. Yes. Not, I need a, rela- no, I don't, I don't, I'm fine. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it based on that. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to like quickly transition. run through our hopes and dreams for, uh, the biggest of fall TV, maybe fall, winter. We don't really know release dates on some of these. Okay, Sex in the City or, and just like that, the, of course, oh, Sex in the City reboot. Um, what are our predictions? What are our hopes for the show and the ships? Okay, look, now, after this whole conversation, I might be going back on shipping Brad. Because um, I do feel like Big is kind of a Brad. Yeah. Um, except, like, maybe a little less hot and charming. I mean, he is charming, mm-hmm. but in a, like old man kind of way. Yeah. I don't think know? Big ever shows the same kind of dedication that yeah, Brad does. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of just like a fuck man the whole time. Mm-hmm. And like, did he go down on Carrie as much as Brad did? Because I don't think I so. I don't think so. I don't remember that. It was HBO. We could have seen it. We really could have. I don't know. He just like, he fucks up so much yeah. that I'm mixed, you know? Like, About him in the reboot? Yeah, about I'm mixed about. The, yeah, I'm mixed about if I want them to stay together or not. Yeah, my main, my biggest prediction is that she's gonna end up single at the end of this. Uh, and like, there are a lot of rumors going around. If you follow Demois on Instagram, like, oh yeah, you will get a lot of. It's a lot of like Sex in the City filming on Madison Avenue, blah uh, blah blah. And so there's certain things that like. People have seen him, but some people think, think he's in it. I do think he's in it too, but some people think it's like stunt casting or like a stunt. Or, like, or the first episode or something. Right, right, right. And some people think he's dead and some people think they're divorced and like all these things. But I think that the thesis of Sex in the City for Carrie's character, I think every all the other characters had their different theses of like love and romance. Right. But I think what they really wanted to do was make Carrie end up single. And in a two, two, Sex and the City ended in 2004. I think at that time, an audience would have like lost their fucking minds if she yeah. hadn't oh, ended yeah. up with Vic. So my biggest theory is like, I think they're going to do a lot of correcting in the reboot. Mm. And I think Charlotte will actually be woke. Like, I think she'll actually be woke Charlotte. Yeah, that was that was my hope. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, oh yeah, she they do adopt a baby from China. Yeah. So hopefully she's like doing the work. Yes. Because <laughs> she is raising, you know, both her own biological child. Right. And an Asian child. So yeah. Let's. I think she's doing a lot of the reading. Uh, yeah, she definitely has a book club. Yes. Yeah, she's going to have a book club. Um, I uh, ship Miranda and Steve. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be too. stable. Like, we handled a lot of their drama in the movie. Because, da 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 they went to couples counseling. <laughs> the theme of the episode. <laughs> Go to couples therapy. Hot girl summer in therapy. <laughs> um... Uh, speaking of people who need therapy, should we talk about season five? It'll be five, right? Of yeah. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Yeah. Okay. So speaking about people needing to do the work. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she, she's got to do the, the, the work and the comedy work. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's like, oh, yeah, like, that type of joking is not funny when it's, like, at someone's expense. I love like, it. less powerful than you. Yeah, yeah. I think she'll definitely have to have... I was waiting for race recognition to happen on the show because Amy Sherman Valady knows actually also like not great with representation mm. on any of her shows. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that they dig into Mint recognizing her um, privilege in being yes. a white woman, 
even though she's caught up in being a woman. Right. Um, I hope that they dig more into it this season than, like, the light touching they did on it last season. Yeah, agreed. I'm just glad she got a consequence. Agreed. Agreed. And, like, look, I love Joel. Like, I was shipping them for a long time. Mm-hmm. I just, like, there is something, like, so endearing and charming about him. You know, like, go off, short king. Short king. <laughs> but she's got to explore the chemistry with Lenny Bruce. Okay, she does. And do you know what pissed me off as I read a behind-the-scenes thing? And apparently, Miss Rachel Brosnahan specifically fought to not have them hook up. What? She wanted it on to... On what grounds? On what grounds? Because she claims that it should just be this, like, platonic respect, like, uh, you know, platonic respectable friendship between two comedians who just, like, respect each other. And Kat, as someone who has fucked a comedian in a bathroom that she connects, do we find this realistic? Absolutely not. <laughs> Look, him and I respect each other. We're friends now. I've had him on many shows. But you still had chemistry enough to fuck in a bathroom. Yeah, exactly. And so to Midge and Lenny. Yeah, exactly. I'm I don't buy it. I don't, I don't buy it. They wouldn't it. have sex. I do not buy it. Then they wouldn't make out. Come on. Come on. In Miami, when he yeah. leaves her at the door, I was so, like... They don't it, have to end up together. That's no, fine. they're not going to end up together. It yeah. should be, again, to bring it all back. Lenny should be a Brad. Yeah. You know what I mean? To help Agreed. her understand herself more. Yep. Um... Yeah, I like that pissed me off. Where I was like, I was like, it's so obvious, like that these characters have chemistry, those actors have chemistry, right? Like, I, and so then when I read that, like, she just like fought for it, kind of like, like arbitrarily, yeah. It's just like it happens so much. Comedians date, comedians fuck, comedians get married, right? And I was like, there's also nothing wrong with Midge exploring her sexuality, it like make her less of a comedian, yeah. Because she's already established. She's right, exactly. It's not. Yeah, That's it's, the thing. it's not a sleeping to the top thing. Yeah. It's not a grooming thing. Right. Anyways, Ugh. I didn't like that. I loved Ben. I loved the Zachary Levi character, Ben. But I do think he's done. I don't think Agreed. we're getting him back. Agreed. I really just... Joel, I'm just so attracted <laughs> to Joel Nagasol. Like, in an inexplicable way. <laughs> well, you know that guy, um, the drummer. Yeah. The first thing, one of the first things I ever said to him was like, do you, does anyone ever tell you you look like Joel oh. from Marvel's and Basil? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I really think it's like a pretty big part of why I hooked up with him. Oh my um, God, that's amazing. So I, I have, we'll get into it when we do a full like Maisel episode. Um, but I, I, ha- I feel like they might end up together. But did you see Milo and Amelia is coming oh, on this season? Right. And he's not coming unless they're making him a romantic interest. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's so big. I think he's yeah. going to be some kind of romantic interest. That's and amazing. I wonder, he's so funny. Like as an actor, he's so good at the talking fast yeah. and the, like whipping out jokes. So I think he might split the difference between Lenny Bruce and Ben mm. and be like, not a comedian, but someone that can like match her in a different way. That could be. But I also don't think, based on his availability, I don't think they're going to get him for another season. You know right. what I mean? But the, no, I think this is the last is season. Is it? And I think so. I think so. Okay. Don't quote me. I think. Quote I think. Me. I think. Okay. <sighs> so then I, I, I don't like, though, when they throw in a romantic interest in the final season. I don't either. I think that's bullshit. I agree. So. I agree. Well, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, yeah. So I think both of us would prefer Lenny to Joel, but yeah. it looks like we're not getting that. We're not getting That's upsetting. Yep. Okay, a show that really has nothing to do with relationships, but that we're all going to obsess about. I actually could do a whole episode on the relationships in Succession. What are your predictions for Succession? Okay. A very romantic show. <laughs> 
Yeah, I first want to say, again, not to sound pretentious, but I had read The Last Days of Judas Iscariot right before watching the finale of Succession. And so when he did the Judas kiss, I go, he's going to betray him. Wow, look at you. Yeah. She's bringing in culture. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. That was just a humble brag. Or maybe a not (laughs) humble brag. Maybe just like a brag. Um, Anyways, I love Kendall. You just like can't help but have empathy for him. And he's just such a fucking good actor. Oh my God. Um, You know, I just like, I somehow hope he finds redemption. And I really liked him with Naomi Naomi Pierce. Pierce. I did too. Yeah. 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 I shipped them. Shiv, like, ugh, I love her. I really want to root for her, but it's like she's, so she's making awful. it so hard to root for. I know. Like a- every episode, it's like it, the more she goes into the family empire, the more her soul just like gets given away. Right, and it looks like on the very the one minute trailer that the entire internet watched, like it seems like it's just gonna get worse. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I love watching. You know, like an evil woman, and it's fun to watch <laughs> that. <laughs> See, and now the singing yes. is it's contagious. Uh, and you know, I feel bad for Tom. Like, oh, she's horrible. You feel bad for Tom. But she's like, I mean, I guess this was, you know, the previous season. But she's like, oh yeah, it's an open marriage. <laughs> Didn't and you he's know? Like, what? <laughs> and look, like I feel like the only person who could have matched her, but she's too far gone for him is Nate. Yeah, the guy from the campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I also just love him. And one time I taught him in a yoga class. And <gasps> really? Yeah, he was so hot. <laughs> he's so hot. But I think the difference is like he's actually he's moral. Yes, he's a good person. Yeah, and like he has his like qu- like he's not like so moral. Right, right. But he does. He won't go to the extent like, so that, that she is. Like I'm not moral enough that I'm not not willing to break up a relationship. As right. was he, but I'm also like. Not gonna, I don't even, I'm not Shiv. Exactly. <laughs> My biggest ship is randomly Roman and Jerry. Okay, we need to see it explored. I want to be in the writer's room when someone pitched this idea. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. That's the room where it happened I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Okay, my predictions are I think Tom gets a love interest this season. Oh. Like someone to kind of like get back at Shiv. I like this. Mm-hmm. And I think that Shiv will do something literally crazy, like murder her or like have her thrown into jail because Shiv doesn't love Tom, but she also can't lose. Correct. You know, and yeah. she's, she's jealous and crazy the same way me and Ben from Never Have I Ever Heart. <laughs> did you think we were going to be able to connect Shiv and Ben? Guess what? I just did it. <laughs> um, I also think we're going to get a Clint Cousin Greg love interest. We've got it. He's just too popular to e- not. Exactly. <laughs> I was just like, if nothing else for, uh, for the, the culture. Fans. Yeah. I, so I think he'll either get somebody like very smart and sassy, like takes advantage of him, a la like a Shiv Tom kind of parallel. Yeah. Obviously, he parallels Tom in some right. ways. Or he's gonna get someone like super sweet and nice, and he's gonna fuck her over. And we're gonna get that like cousin Greg is also a bad person. Oh, I can. Which see that. we've got like touches of so yeah, far. But, I can like, see that. I think he's gonna become a full. He gets a little bit of power, and mm-hmm. absolute power corrupts. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hashtag Macbeth. Wow, okay. <laughs> You just can't. Our education today is really coming through. (laughs) Okay. Any other faulty or fall winter TV coming up that we want to make predictions about? I don't know when search party's coming back, Mm -hmm. but I just want to see more three-way makeouts between Elliot, Portia, and Drew. It's what the culture needs. (laughs) Because that was so great. I also, I don't, where do you land on Drew and Dory? Dory. I guess if I had to make a prediction... It would be that Drew and Dory will like try again because Drew clear made it clear 
He's still in love. That he's still in love and yeah. can't be with just like a healthy, adoring right. girl. <laughs> oh, but she was also like kind of a lot. Oh, she was <laughs> so much. Again, to a writer's room I want to be on a uh, fly on the wall for. Yeah. Also, I will say they have this one sex scene in the motel that is like so underrated. It's, in like season one? Or no, two? it's in the, when they're in when they're on trial and they have to stay in a hotel room I know what you're talking about. and it's to a chaos emerald song Wait. which now i'm obsessed with this band and now i masturbate to this song never mind i do love this gone. scene because you because i told you because <laughs> i think i played it too and i was like i masturbate to this song <laughs> i mean listen there's a lot of john reynolds imagery that i'll masturbate to yeah yeah here for that i think he i think he has taken he is. Actually, I, his, do know this. I, I do know this. I'm, I look it up every like two years. I look it up, and they're still together. And they seem very happy. My yeah. friend saw them in a bar the other day. Oh, this episode is also coming off a very insidery. Like I saw this, and I saw oh, this. I yeah. But that's just to tell you, New York is not dead. And we did yeah. go out during our hot girl summer. We tried. Let's. We let's, sure did. Let's talk about our hot girl summer. The prompt we've given ourselves is: if you had to relate your hot girl summer to any TV show or situationship from television. Who who would it be? Okay, I think my hot girl summer is Summer, the character, mm-hmm. from season one of The O.C., her summer going into their junior year, where she's all, like, looking hot in her bikinis and, like, giving her friends, like, great advice and is like, yeah, Marissa, like, fuck Luke. And, you know, like, having, like, maybe all of these things kind of happen and then is a virgin. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. and no one would expect it. Right. It's very, she talks, the, she talks a she big talks game. She talks a big game. Yeah. She makes out. We've made out. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she has a platonic sleepover in Tijuana with Seth Cohen. Have I had platonic sleepovers this summer? Sure have. Megan, I don't know the last time you blew up an air mattress, but a guy invited me to sleep over his place and then I had to watch him put in so much effort. To blow up an air mattress to not sleep with me. So that oh. if that summarize that pretty much summarizes my hot girl summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and like look, like there, like summer, there have been guys you know interested in me. Yes, uh-huh. I will. You know, I'm not gonna be over here like meh. Nobody likes me. Clearly, yeah, you know, and attention has been paid. Yeah, like I do. I have resting shoot your shot face. <laughs> And they do. Um, mm-hmm. They have, and I've tried. I've gone on dates, but I'm not interested in 25-year-olds mm. who, you know, want to hold my hand on the second date. I'm like, Aww. my God, the Delta variant. Jeez. <laughs> but, you know. Are you even old enough to be vaccinated? <laughs> Stay away. He was like, do you want to hold on top or on bottom? I was like, oh, this is no. a question I never thought. I it's like a high answer. school question. It's like a really cute high school question. I know. I know. And like, look, he was a lovely guy. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, you never know. You never know. <laughs> but look, um, we, we, we've we had our ups and downs. Um, we've had our triangles that the men don't know about. <laughs> um, now I'm on Locks Club. And so like Summer, I'm just waiting for my Seth Cohen exactly. to emerge. Your literal Seth Cohen. Yeah. Well, I need a Locks Club update um, when we go to drinks after okay. this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, a similar a similar variant. <laughs> <laughs> Not, the Delta variant Not the Delta variant, but... if you will. I'd say the... Uh, another early... Omega. An early... Yeah. Another early aughts variant. Um... <laughs> Because I think my hot girl summer uh, was 
sad Rachel Green summer mm. in like a general ways, but also in some really specific ways. Mm-hmm. Um, not like Rachel Green when she's like <coughs> making out with like <coughs> Italian guys um, or 23 year old tags. Um, because when I made out with that Turkish guy, I couldn't understand a word he would say. <laughs> I didn't get to experience the accent at all. I could not hear him. I could not hear him. Okay. So I didn't even get like Rachel's Paolo. I didn't get anything fun and sexy uh, generally, I feel like my hot girl summer was anytime Rachel Green is like pining. So that's like season two, four, and five, where she, I, I really think that Rachel Green created like my grooves of behavior in my body and soul of how to act when you like someone you can't be with. <laughs> because just the whole general vibe of like Ross comes back from China with Julie and she's like, it's Julie. And she's like, <laughs> super jealous or when uh, Rachel goes to Greece and because Ross chases after Emily at the airport and she's like I'm so happy I-, I was in Greece and then she comes back she's like I didn't have a good time in Greece and she's like everyone coming up to me is like oh Mrs. Keller why you cry like I think my whole summer was like Oh, Megan, why you cry? Because I was just like listening to Sour while like biking to work, mm-hmm. um, but joking about how, how ridiculous it is. Um, and then, even, okay, just to like foreshadow my own life. <laughs> and, and give us your predictions for fall, oh, Megan, in the Megan show coming this fall. Oh, what are our predictions? For? I think it's when everyone's like, Rachel's so de- like determined to tell Ross that she loves him, and everyone's like, Rachel, you can't do it. It's not going to make a difference. She's like, I have to tell him. I have to tell him. And then she tells him, and then she laughs, and she goes, you are such an idiot. I feel like I my fall is going to be me looking at myself in the mirror and being like, you are such an idiot. But I, but she has to do it. She has to tell him. Yeah. Yeah. She has to tell him. Not to leave you on the cliffhanger of my wow. life. But oh. she has to tell him. She does. Wow. Oh. Well, we might have had a lukewarm girl summer, but due to global warming, looks like we're going to be rolling into a hot, steamy girl fall. You know what? I think fall is a better time to fall in love. I, I feel like I always get crushes in the fall. Fall feels fall, very falls romantic. romantic. <laughs> falls romantic. Yeah. So oh. Stay with us on our journey. Stay with us on our journeys. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Talking Ship is now back. We are ready to, uh, uh, we are watching TV. We are talking about it. We're talking about fictional relationships and non-fiction relationships and how they clearly affect our lives or we learn literally nothing from them. Um, so we're back every Thursday. Next episode is the 50th episode of Talking Ship. Um, so we come back for that and join us every week as we continue to discuss the relationships from TV and why we ship them or why we don't and uh, what's going on in our own lives a little bit. All right. Kat, thank you as always for being here. Oh, thank you so much. This is better than my therapy session today. <laughs> All right, everyone, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.